Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. Podcasts. It's like radio. But it's not on the radio. It's things to lose, so you got to feel it. I want them to feel it, but we got to use this now to be better. WGN's Adam Hogue. Are you ready? The one and only. And the Chicago Sun-Times, Adam Johns. What's up, everybody? Turn it up. Here they are, the Adams, Hogue and Johns. Touchdown, Bears! What's up? Welcome in. Hogue and Johns. Love it. Another new intro. No, we've actually played that one like the last three episodes. Really? But Sound the bad. way we've recorded it, yes, I actually you not, haven't heard. I, it. I have not listened back to our Matt Bowen one yet. Yeah, I usually skip ahead anyway. Um, skip ahead to what? Our conversations. Oh, you just you don't like listening to me. Our conversations. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, welcome in. It's episode two hundred and nineteen. Wait, did you get approval from Apple to do that? Actually, you know what's funny about that? The whole Apple thing. They they. Actually, they got so much uh, negative feedback on that that they sent out another email <laughs> that said you can continue to put episode numbers in there, but you were all you were already thinking that we didn't need to do that. So I think we might just keep it the same. Keep what the same? We're still no not, numbers. Not doing the numbers. Not doing the. I might still. You mention- just said a number. Okay, but saying it is different than putting it in the headline. I think we still might keep the count going. Okay. To kind of have a vague idea how many we've done. Welcome to episode 1,035. How many years would that be? It's kind of a scary amount to think. (laughs) We'd be old. (laughs) Um, Hey, hopefully we make it there. Uh, Anyway, welcome in. Adam Hogue, Adam Johns here. Uh, Kind of our last, uh, well, just sort of an in-between week here. We're between the combine and the start of free agency. Uh, New league year. Happy New Year to everybody a week from now. March 13th, uh, there's a Northwestern Pro Day on March 12th that uh, we'll be checking out, too. Uh, and then owners' meetings and into draft season. So uh, it's already draft season, at least the, the month of the NFL draft. So an interesting couple of weeks coming up here, and it's starting to heat up a little bit for the Bears. A, a few moves made in the last few days. We'll get to those, and some. Uh, so you know the Jordan Howard rumors never seem to stop. But uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. You can read us at WGNRadio.com slash Bears. I got my notes up from the NFL Combine. Johns has his coverage up from the Combine at ChicagoSunTimes.com. Please rate and review the podcast. We appreciate you doing that. And we do have a special treat in this episode because Dion Miller from ABC7, who we reference quite a bit on the podcast. She's one of our uh, our loyal listeners. Yes. And we uh, see her throughout the year at House Hall. She's always there. And um, we've always talked about having her on. Well, we finally are having her fantastic on. Fantastic reporter, fantastic person, and fantastic baker. She is... That's she tends to be when we talk about Dion, is when the food comes flying in at House Hall. Yes. It's always good. The brownies, the brownies, and more brownies. Different types of brownies. <laughs> I could go for a brownie. Gave up sweets for Lent, Adam. I'm already two days in, and it's been tough. See, I gave up giving up something for Lent. Nah, uh, that's like an old like kids used to say that in grade school. I Got still say that. School. I still say that. I gave up giving up stuff. Come on, you quitter. Well, you're a better Catholic boy than I am. Oh, I'm craving a cookie right now. I got a I got a poshki downstairs or a poonski. See, I don't like the poonskis. Is that what it's poshkis? I always say poshkis. Yes. My wife says it's supposed to be poonskis. There's one downstairs with your name on it. I'll tempt you by the end of the I'm podcast. I'm not going to eat a punchki. I just had one like Ponch- a I, I believe it's ponchki. I always call it pachki. I'm assuming it's wrong, but that's what I call it. Yeah, pachki. 
Isn't it? I think I've said it three different ways now. Isn't that a Polish thing? It's a Polish thing. I'm Polish, so I should probably know. Punchki. Or it gives me the right to say whatever I, however yeah. I want to call it. All right. Um, anyway, Dion Miller coming up later in the pod. The Jordan Howard conversation has been going on. There's, look, there's not much to talk about with this Bears team this year, and this is, but it's very important here. You're talking about the uh, starting running back for the last three years potentially being traded. It's fired up again today because Adam Schefter tweeted out, um, you know, essentially confirmation that the Bears were having talks with other teams at the combine about possibly trading Jordan Howard. Sounds like they're listening. And so, look, if you went, if you want to go back and listen to our episode with Matt Bowen from last week, that is the explanation for why the Bears are looking for a different running back. Okay, we're not going to get into all that again. What I want to concentrate more on today, Johnsy, is more just the idea of trading him. What you be getting back, how you replace him, that kind of the thought process of it. If you, you know, the the argument about whether or not Jordan Howard is a fitness offense, we have broken that down. We broke it down with Matt Bowen. He did it better than any of us could. So I encourage you to go back and listen to that if you haven't heard it. But what I'm fascinated by here now, as it starts to sound like a real real possibility, that there might be a Jordan Howard trade going down at some point. Um, I don't think it's guaranteed yet. I think the Bears are just weighing all their options. I don't know that they've made a hard stance either way. But, but it's got to come down to what they're getting, what the market is. Because if you're just getting a seventh-round pick... I think he's more valuable to you next year than a seventh round pick would be. But if we're starting to talk about a fourth or fifth, or you know, there was a report earlier this week that they were offered a third at the trade deadline. Well, that's but, but that's you different. had nobody to replace him at that point. Sure. If someone's going to offer you a third round pick again, I take it. Sign me up. This guy was a fifth round pick. Sure. Whose production has decreased every season he's been in the NFL. I get their scheme change, all that stuff, and he's not the emphasis of the offense. But third round pick, fourth round pick. Sign me up any day. You can find, you, you can sign a viable replacement. You still have Tariq Cohen. And then you can draft one. Third round, fourth round. I don't think David Montgomery is going to be there in the third round, but you can find like a Miles Sanders. You couldn't replace a Jordan Howard. Not as hard as it sounds. And, and the part of this discussion that I don't think has been brought up enough is is the money here. You know, the, the way his contract as a fifth rounder is is structured because you know most fifth rounders don't work out so the ones that do these the um at least Jordan Howard's contract it's set up where he was making a base salary of 450 then 540 then 630 last year and now it jumps up to 2 million a little bit over 2 million this year so that's a huge jump up for a guy that is you you have brought up many times the production's been going down He's not a perfect fit. So, you know, okay, not a perfect fit at 630000 last year. You can live with that. Yeah. Now we're talking about a team, though, that's up against the cap a little bit. That has been, we've seen these moves. Sam Acho. They've been maneuvering. Sam yeah. Acho was cut this week. That saved up another $2 million. They've been They've been creating moves here. So I don't know what it's going to cost to sign uh, a replacement. I like Tevin Coleman. Uh, you were talking earlier about TJ Yeldon. I, I don't necessarily know what the specific market's going to be for those guys, but you know, just hypothetically, no matter who the running back is, if you could for four million have a better fit in your offense than two million, well, then you trade the guy at two million, and that you get that money Heck, off the you book. You could probably sign one of those guys for two million a year. Probably. I mean, let, let's be honest. Running back markets. Look, it's it's Le'Veon Bell. I don't even know what his mark is going to be after he sat out a whole year eating punchkis. <laughs> Look, it's him and everybody else. That's yeah. it. You know, it's not like the safety market. We got like a dozen starters available. You got one superstar running back and a bunch of guys. Look, I know Jordan Howard was a Pro Bowl alternate. I know he was second in the NFL in rushing a couple of years ago. But you know what? He's not Zeke Elliott. He's not Todd Gurley. He's not a Le'Veon Bell. He's a good player who's not a great fit for the Bears' offense. They're trying to find the better fit for Matt Nagy's offense. You can find that for $2 million and not pay him the $2 million, is what I'm saying. Right, and I, I think that's part of the motivation here. I mean, he's making $2 million all of a sudden this year. That's a huge jump up from what he was making. And so if you can get a different guy that's a better fit for similar money, yes. I think, and, and, that, and that's where I think... Let's just say all they can get back is a fifth rounder. Well, still, I think that that makes sense. 
because but but here's what I will say. I don't think that they're just going to trade him and then rely on the draft to to come up with a replacement. Oh no, and you need to you, you need to sign somebody if, too. If they're going to make a trade next week, I would imagine there's a signing that happens almost the same day or a few days later cuz I don't know how much the Le'Veon Bell thing is going to end up affecting the trickle down effect of these running back contracts. Ryan Pace likes to set up his drafts or use free agency to set up his drafts where he doesn't feel compelled to reach on a need. He says it year after year after year come free agency. So, yes, if you give up on a Jordan Howard, you better sign a Tevin Coleman. You better sign a TJ Yeldon. You need to bring somebody in. Your answer is not Tariq Cohen in a combination with Taquan Mazel and Benny Cunningham. That is not your answer. You need somebody who is a little bit more productive than Yeldon. And Coleman have that a little bit. Now, I mean, there's some interesting dynamics here. The same agent for, look, Jordan Howard, Le'Veon Bell, and Tevin Coleman all, all share the same agent. So there's a lot of moving pieces with one central figure in all this. So just, I, I think it can happen. I think you can find the, the right combination that you want at running back. But it's you got you to gotta be right on it. You really do. Just for comparison's sake, I just, I, I pulled out, um, you know, one of the running backs that signed a contract last year in free agency, Jarek McKinnon. Okay, signed with 49ers. Four years, $30 million contract. Had a $2 million signing bonus. $18 million guaranteed. So, I mean, it came out to a base salary in 2018 as $4.2 million. Um, if he makes it to 2021, it looks like that's $6.9 million. So, it's, you know, it's a little backloaded on, on the It sounds like end. they gave themselves some outs. Right. So, it sounds like it's a... I, I just threw out four million dollars. That's per year. That's kind of what this looks like for Jer- Jarek McKinnon last year. That's I off the top of my head. That sounds like a pretty decent comp for T.J. Yeldon, Tevin Coleman so. type yeah, of player. Yeah. He was also a third round pick, uh, like Coleman was. Twenty six years old now. Was coming off his rookie deal. So I I, th- I think you know every situation is a little different, but that seems like a decent comp right now just to bring off the top of my head. And so. Would you rather have Tevin Coleman or TJ Yellen at four million or Jordan Howard at two? I mean I get some fans may take the Jordan Howard at two. I would take the better pass catcher plus the two million. And I didn't even realize until you brought up TJ Yeldon that he caught fifty five passes last year. Yeah. He could do different things than Jordan Howard. Well, they both can. Yes. They yes, both yes, can. Yes, yes. Long story short, I mean we heard it at the combine. We've people have written it a lot before Adam Schefter's latest tweet. We all know Jordan Howard's in a precarious spot. The Bears have talked too openly for him not to be in a precarious spot. They're looking for a certain type of running back that Jordan Howard is not. That's clear to me. Plus, he's, I mean, for a fifth-round pick, he has done some good things for you. Yes, yes. If you could get a fifth-round pick back, I mean, you basically just got a guy for free for three years. Yeah, and I want this to sound like a slight on Jordan Howard. He's a good player. He's good running back. You could criticize his speed, uh, the way he ran a little bit this year, just seemed to run a bit differently. But you know what? He's still a pretty good football player. He's just not the right fit right now for Matt Nagy's offense. They gave him a chance to be that fit. They really did. Didn't work out. Now, um, I don't know if you could pull off like a draft pick trade. Like so, so by the way, we're, we solicited some questions today on on Twitter. I put this out a couple hours ago, so we'll take some of them. Just since we're on this topic, I was actually hoping to get non-Jordan Howard questions, but you know that's the hot story today, so it is what it is. But at, at Bob O'Neill tweeted in, could Jordan Howard in a fourth net us a second? You would have to have a certain player in mind, right? Yeah. Well, and that sounds the, more like a draft day trade, right? Exactly. Yes. That, that the timing of that is tough because um, now you can make draft pick trades now. Yeah, you know maybe they can improve the draft position a little bit. That's a that that would be an interesting way. to but look, teams to at look this at teams at this point are bargaining to move up for a quarterback, right? This is the time of year where those big quarterback trades are starting to be made, mm. or usually they're even made before now. Yeah, teams, teams start angling. For those top quarterbacks, so obviously the Bears are ruled out of that conversation. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that would work out. By the way, just so I don't forget, um, the compensation pick the Bears got from the Eagles in the seventh round 
actually turned out to be uh, a former pick of the Broncos. So it's earlier in the seventh round than we initially thought. Because the Eagles were picking like right after is the Is that the DeAndre Hall pick? Yes. They got the... It the, is. The, um... They got a seventh round comp. Yes. But it's not the Eagles direct Eagles pick in the seventh round it's that they got. The 49ers. It's, it's or no, through the, the Broncos, Broncos okay. which is earlier in the round. I think it's the eighth pick in the seventh round. So it's a little, I mean, just... That's where you're taking your kicker. Little little nug there. Little nugget. Remember that when they take their kicker. You think so? I don't know. Drafting the kicker. I would. I'm fine in the seventh round. I'm not going to complain about... No, seventh round, absolutely. It's all on the table right there. Well, if they draft a punter, they might need a punter. They might need a punter. Kind of an underrated, overlooked uh, free agent. Mitch Wisnowski from Utah is my guy. Yeah. Punter guy. Punter guy? It's... Like Ray Guy? Yeah. <laughs> he did win the Ray Guy Award. Yeah, okay. He it's did. Good. It's good. He okay. did. He's, he's a punter yeah. guy. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's see. Where does that rate on the, the scale of beer-drinking football guys, punter guys? Not as important, for sure, oh, beer-drinking football guys. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. Uh, let's take some questions here as we go through before we get to Dion Miller here in a little bit. What do you think about Jimmy Ward as... Amos's replacement. Is he more of a uh, slot cornerback? Didn't he play that in? Uh... They did move him around. Yeah, I don't think he was exclusively in the slot, but he did have some versatility, which is maybe a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Look to me in an ideal world, Adrian Amos goes to test the market and comes back knowing that the market is not good for him. There are so many starters available right now that have proven to be better playmakers than him. Landon Collins, who has been to three consecutive Pro Bowls, the market starts with him. Right. What the Giants are doing, I don't know. But Adrian Amos is not at the top of the market. Could you see He's the not. Could you see the Bears in the Landon Collins discussion? Well, that'd be quite a bold move. Yes, because it's yes. going to cost more. Yes, a lot yes. more. I do think they're in the market to pounce on like like an say like an Eric Weddle, one year five million, maybe and sent himself to seven or something like that. Especially if Amos walks. What how would you feel about that? Um I mean Weddle's still proven to be a pretty good player. I would be I wouldn't be completely against it. I'm just I don't know that Ryan Pace is ready to start thinking that way. What do you mean, like, like? Well, they're just gonna start signing. Like he doesn't. He's been keeping this roster really young. Yes, yes. And they go out and sign a guy like Eric Weddle. I don't know. Like, could you bank on Eric Weddle playing sixteen games at this point in his career? Yes, he played every single game of his three years in Baltimore. <laughs> Which is, and that's probably what the, the Chargers were thinking at the, you know, at the time. But. It didn't work out too well because yeah. he, he still played very well. See, a guy like that costs everything. And, and I do think the Bears have become a destination. Everything I heard at the Combine was, look, the Bears are in a comfortable spot. We're not coming to you. You come to us. It's different. We're different. We're not the same team that we were a few years ago. We're spending lavishly, overpaying lavishly on players. They're different. So I, I think in an ideal world, they, they resign. Bryce Callahan and Adrian Amos for very team-friendly contracts once the market settles and they realize their best spot is probably back here. And and I think that's possible to play out in both situations. I think it's more likely in Adrian Amos' situation. Yes. Because there's so many safeties out there. This guy only has three interceptions in four years. Let's not forget about that. And teams want to pay for playmaking ability. And that's not necessarily how you... Ex- you describe Adrian Amos, who is just a very good, solid, fundamentally uh, will tackle very reliably. Um, and, and that's not necessarily what gets the big money in the NFL. Yeah. Whereas, like to me, Bryce Callahan has a little bit more splash in his game, a um, little bit twitchier of an athlete, I think. And But he comes with those durability concerns. So if you're the Bears and you have the medicals and you see a team go out there and Put up a bigger offer for Bryce Callahan, which I think is more likely than a, you know some unexpected offer for Adrian Amos out there. I'd be inclined to let Callahan walk and keep Amos at the, at the lower contract price. Now, what's interesting here too is 
will Vic Fangio have any interest in these guys? What did he say to the Denver reporters that your former players can be a bit overrated in terms of free agency? Your connections with them? Yeah. Just in, you know, I don't know if Vic Fangio is ready to play the the cat and mouse lion game that comes with free agency in the draft. He's always been very forthright and candid, so maybe he could read between the lines uh, with that a little bit. But just in general, the safety market can be a bit different. Teams value safeties very differently from, from organization to organization. Eric Reed's situation notwithstanding, because I think that was a unique one because of his collusion case with Colin Kaepernick. Look at the market last year. Guys waited a long time to get deals. Earl, Earl Thomas, an all-pro safety, Legion of Boom, outstanding player, good leader. The Seahawks would not renegotiate his deal. Sat out all preseason, missed training camp, got hurt in week four, flipped off his own roster or his own teammates, leaving the field on the cart. The safety market is different. You may have Landon Collins may get paid. He might. Earl Thomas may get a nice big two, three year contract somewhere. But the rest of these guys could be disappointed. They're not valued like cornerbacks. Some teams don't even value them like slot cornerbacks. Yeah. Something to consider. Uh, Ian on Twitter asks, do you think the Bears will get Antonio Brown? No. Duh, no. 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 Not yeah, just, just use Mike Glenn for answers like that. Uh, no. <laughs> or John Fox. Yes. Uh, at Cloudy Future on Twitter. Other than running back, what are other needs the Bears have? Tight end? Safety? Nickel? Outside linebacker? Yeah, all those are fair. I, but they're at the point where I think they just, you know, they're looking for reinforcements at some of those spots. Yes. yes. I mean, tight end, I don't think is an enormous question mark, but Adam Sheen's kind of a question mark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then it could become a bigger question mark. Um, if you don't bring Adrian Amos back. What type of hole have you created? That's something we're talking about then in training camp. Who's 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 next to Eddie Jackson? How's that working? What does that pairing look like? If you if you don't bring Bryce Callahan back, you're going out and drafting a new nickel, trying to sign one, try, giving Sheriff McManus a, a chance to keep that job like he had at the end of the year, and then I think at the outside linebacker spot, you're you know continuing to add depth there. I mean, you have your two main guys. Leonard Floyd's not going anywhere with Khalil Mack, but you need to have guys rotating in there. Here, here's the thing. I forgot where I was going to go with this thing, but I'd spend an outside linebacker if I had to do something. Just, just it, It's a premium position. As good as Leonard Floyd was this year, he still needs to show a little bit more, even though he's going to get his fifth-year option. Is Aaron Lynch the answer? I don't know. Maybe someone younger out there is is available. I know Denver's got a couple guys that are available. And Aaron Lynch is a free agent, by the way. Yes, yes. So, you know, here's the point I wanted to make. This happens to the good teams all the time, like your Adrian Amos, Bryce Callahan situation. Good teams say goodbye to their own players quite a bit. Mm-hmm. They either have their replacements drafted at least for a year, or you know they they like those comp, those comp picks. You know that the Bears haven't had in how many years. Compensatory picks. Yeah. How many? When's the ones last time? I, I don't know. Like, if it's been like a decade. Like 1985. <laughs> well, like, well, how the Bears end up with Danny Trevathan? Broncos let him go after the Super Bowl. Yes, yes. So th- this happens. Good players leave their organizations a lot. This is not something that is exclusive to the Bears. Could the Bears defense survive a loss of Adrian Amos? Absolutely. Bryce Callen, I think, would be a little bit more difficult to replace. But, look, this happens. This happens every year across the league. Teams lose their own guys. And, and then the only reason... So the Bears could have had a, a couple opportunities for comp picks, so they, like when they lost Alshon Jeffrey, but they signed other guys. So, you know, however, that math works that I don't really know. I was a math major. I wasn't, actually, but... With the compensation picks, uh, it didn't work in the Bears' favor. I love that we still have use for John Fox. Uh, John, I mean, he gave us gold. Yes, yes. He left us with gold. Yes. 
If there, if there's one thing John Fox did for us, he 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 left us gold for this podcast <laughs> yeah. forever. Yes, forever. Yes. Um. Anyway, this year though, if the Bears are not spending big in free agency and they do lose some of these guys, they could end up with a comp pick. That'd be something. I don't think that's like a motivation, though. No, no, no. You, I think you it's just part, want, part of the, the math. Yes, yes. But the Bears have always wanted to be in this position right. where they're deciding whether or not to decide to sign their own guys or, or try to find a cheaper replacement or have their replacement be on their roster already. The Bears have not been at this point in their evolution in Ryan Pace before. This is new. This is different. You're talking about departing with your own guys. This isn't like giving up on Kevin White. Adrian Amos has been a starter for four years. Jordan Howard has been a starter for three years. And the Bears seem, at this point in their evolution, well, they might be okay moving on from these guys. I think that's significant. It's also interesting, uh, this is unknown for us at this point, the impact that Chuck Pagano will have. What does he think about those players? He came in the building and evaluated the roster, evaluated the depth chart. And, and, and what does he want at the safety spot? What does he want in nickel? Now, I, I doubt he'd be against um, any of those guys, you know, against Adrian Amos or Bryce Callahan coming back, but it's just another element that we don't know at this point. See, I, I keep going back to what Ryan Pace said uh, at uh, the Combine, where they're not only keeping in mind what these guys are worth on the market and, you know, they want to have those types of conversations and whatnot. It's what's next. What, what does the future hold in terms of their next negotiations? Like, with all due respect to Adrian Amos, if you're going to pay anybody at the safety position, it's the guy right next to him. It's Eddie Jackson. Right. That's next. You cannot have two safeties on big contracts. It just goes back to valuing certain positions and what they can actually provide you on the field. You can find a replacement for an Adrian Amos. Good player. Good starter. Reliable player. Good tackler. I get all that. But Eddie Jackson is something that is a little bit harder to find. Yeah, I mean the, his range, his instincts. Oh, Matt Bowen talked about it yes, last week. Yes. I mean, being a post safety that can cover sideline to sideline when that ball's in the air and track it down with those ball skills, it's it's very rare. Yes, yes. and and Eddie Jackson, Ryan Pace has used that word himself. Rare, they're hard to find. He's going to be one of those guys that does get paid big at that safety position. So, and they gotta they have to uh, account for that. I think they are, but so. Um, that's another thing. It's like it just—it can't just be all about getting uh, under the cap this year, but also projecting forward. You can't commit too much money because there's that quarterback too that's probably gonna have to get paid at some. Yeah, point. that'll be here before you know it. Yeah, you already got to resign. You got the fifth year option looming for for Jordan or for uh, Leonard Floyd. Cody Whitehair needs a new deal. Tough decisions to make. Which that that fifth year option for a tenth. Uh, for a top ten pick is expensive. It's the transitional tag value exactly. of the top ten. Yes, oh, average yes. top ten outside linebackers in the. Yes, that's a highly paid position. So, so you're you're talking about possibly an extension of some sort to get that cap hit lower. Right, I think that would be the goal there. Yes. So again, with all due respect to Adrian Amos, good player, good starter, some team may pay him. But you have other players of more significance and importance on your defense that need to be resigned in the near future. I can't tell you how excited I am uh, to be back on the grass. Chuck Pagano. Looking forward to hearing more from him. Just on like, the grass or off the grass? On the grass, off the grass. Eating brownies like you want to eat right now, whatever. Whatever. What do you think about... Uh, here I'll just I'll give credit to uh, Steven here on Twitter. Is Goskowski worth signing? How much? Steven Goskowski. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, the Patriots kicker. He part of what makes his kicker situation for me like I I have a pretty negative outlook for this kicker thing because you're probably your safest route would be to go throw money at Steven Goskowski who did not get the franchise tag from the Patriots. Looks like he's going to hit the open market. I would still guess, though, the Patriots would have the inside track at, at keeping him. Um, but that's your safest route is to throw a bunch of money at. But now you're allocating a lot of money for a kicker. Who 
I don't think it's as good as Robbie Gold has been. I mean, he missed a, some kicks in the playoffs. Yes, he did. Kaskowski did. I don't, I don't know that he's worth an enormous contract when you're already juggling the books right now. On the flip side... Because you still got Cody Parkey on the books. Sorry. Well, that's that's what I was going to get at. Because if Gaskowski comes in... Now, one advantage is he kicked in New England. So he's used to kicking in tougher conditions. Maybe he's maybe that's part of why you think you can trust him at Soldier Field. Um, but if he doesn't work out, now you're still paying Cody Parkey. Some of that salary is going, being deferred to next year on the... So it's still going to be on the 2020 cap. Parky, I'm talking about. And if Gaskowski becomes a major problem, now it's back-to-back yeah, big-time no, no, no. kicking contracts that you put out there. It's That I just called the safest route you can go, and that still carries a ton of risk. On the flip side, though, I mean, look at how this kicker thing's going so far. Redford Jones and Chris Blewett. <laughs> Neither of them have been kicked in the NFL. Well... They do come out of nowhere sometimes, Adam. So you add a rookie, see, and then this is what you're trusting next year when you think you can make it to the Super Bowl? See, okay. I mean, that's why my outlook at this kicker thing is so negative. See, I feel like the Bears have already tried the veteran route. They've already they, tried it. They've tried it all. They tried Roberto Aguayo. I, but, I, but he was kind of – he's a different case. Like, I know he was in, in a second or third year or whatever it was, but the guy was a second-round pick. All right? These other guys they drafted, obviously – they're not second-round picks. Well, I mean, he's who a, takes the kicker in the? How does well, that was, job in Tampa that was Bay? I don't know, but. dumb. But it's still even if they take him in like the seventh that. round, dumb. Even if they take him in seventh round, he wasn't going to work though. I think there's a different type of pressure when you're a second-round pick kicker. I agree, but to the point that it changes the guy's whole career based on where he was drafted. Well, maybe, maybe. Anyway, I think they've already tried the veteran been in the NFL route. I'm not saying you have to sign guys with the least amount of experience in the NFL ever. You, you, but you've gone from Connor Barth, Roberto Aguayo, Mike Nugent, Carlos Santos. <laughs> Cairo Santos. No, it's Carlos. Carlos. Definitely. And uh, Carlos Santos. You've gone down this path before, trying to buy your way out of trouble with old goods. Cody Parkey. I feel like you have a young team. Find that young kicker who has much to prove as well. Try that route. You know what? And if it's a mistake, at least it's an affordable one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, we could bring guys in and out now. You couldn't do that with Cody Parkey. But do you really want to be swapping kickers in and out in the middle of next season? Some people may have argued that the Bears should have done it after he missed that kick in Miami in his homecoming game. Well, that would have been early, but maybe after the quadruple doink game. Oh, gosh. Yes. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It is, but... Uh... It happened. Part of history now. I'm just saying you've tried the veteran route. But you're right. I mean, to your point, if he was making nothing and he had the quadruple doink game... Yes. He's gonna, he would have been gone. Adam, he's going to be on the books for two years. Well, they at least would have brought in kickers. They didn't even bring in kickers to, to look at him. I know. I know. Because of the salary. Well, they went down the soldier field. Couldn't film it, though. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I'm trying to think what else we need to get in here. Got most of the questions. Free agency is a week away. I mean, before we get to Dion here. Because there was a show called Very Cavalry that came back last week. <laughs> and we have to break it down. People people are asking for an exclusive podcast for Jay Cutler and Very Cavalry. I don't know if we could provide that. I don't know if we could provide but that. But we could provide this. <laughs> but Dion Miller volunteered to be our uh, Very Cavalry correspondent. It's actually really f- some funny stuff in this show. You would you would enjoy it, Johns. I know you. I th- you were committed at the beginning. You bailed quickly. I bailed too. I'm just not a reality television guy. I'm not either. Except I like HGTV a little bit. That's okay. Go for some uh, Windy City rehabs. A new Is that show. good? It's pretty solid. Okay. 
Every house is in Bucktown, it seems like, but that's well, fine. Bucktown's booming. Can't afford any of them. No. Oh, let's take this uh, $400,000 home and turn it into a $1.4 million home. <laughs> yeah, well, who's going to buy it? Whatever the market dictates. Yeah. All right. Anyway, um, we've been talking about bringing Dion to the podcast for a very, very long time, and we're finally making it happen. I would call her maybe our number one <gasps> listener among the media core, Dion okay. Miller from ABC7. What's up, Dion? I'll take that. I'll take that title and run with it. At least you give us the most feedback, I think. Well, I enjoy it, and I, I think I enjoy it more because then I get to like talk to you guys about what I heard and, and what I was saying out loud while I was listening because everyone who listens to a podcast reacts that way, right? I think so. I think so. We get yeah. some negative feedback sometimes. <laughs> uh, of course. Well, welcome to the media, right? Yes, yes, yes. But, you know, they could be unhappy if they want. Well, yeah, of course. You, yeah. Well, you tweeted at us uh, the other night because I uh, I had this conversation with my wife who did watch the entire first season of Very Cavalry. I dropped uh-huh. off like... She watched every she, episode? Well, I don't think there's that many. What were there, like 10, Dion? I don't know. Eight, maybe? Yeah, I don't think eight? it's... It's not that big of a time commitment. It's but not, no. We watched the first two, I think, last summer, but then like, f- then football really got going. It was like right at the start of training camp, and then I watch zero TV once football starts, other than football. So um, <laughs> I, I never watched the rest of it. But so now it's the winter. I was like, I'm going to watch this. We sat down. We watched it. I tweeted something about it afterwards, and then you tweeted at us. I think you are our official Very Cavalry correspondent <laughs> going forward. Well, I'm honored, honored, and and feel very privileged that Empty Calorie TV has earned me yet another role in the world. That makes me feel good. So tell us, what are we missing besides a lot of hair and Jay Cutler's head? Uh, Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. He's lost any sense of need for a razor or cutting anything (laughs) a hair. I mean, it's unbelievable. He has a mop on his head. Um, looks more apathetic than he did before. I mean, I didn't even know that was possible, but that's exactly how he looks like. He just could absolutely care less. Um, it's it's <laughs> highly dysfunctional drama at its best. Not necessarily the Cutler-Cavallari household. That actually is entertaining. And Jay had more FaceTime in this season two premiere than he did in any episode last season. So reason to tune in for him, nonetheless. I sincerely think that Jay coverage is the best part of the show. Kristen's very funny. I've always thought Jay and his dry sense of humor are hilarious, and he makes the show worth watching, in my opinion. I think they've they made that realization, like the producers of the show, because they seem like they're all in now on Jay Cutler being part of this thing. And John, like he's the real star. Well, he's... Right. He's certainly the number two star now. Well, I, I mean... Maybe because we watch from a sports side of things that I would I would argue he's he is the star of that show because Kristen is just running things and moving from place to place and and barely wearing any clothes, which is really kind of weird all the time. She's always wearing like a cocktail dress no matter what time of day it is, which is kind of weird. But um, but no, I I feel like he is kind of the star. He is the one who um, who you tune in to see and he reacts like a lot of viewers would react. I mean, just at the obnoxiousness and the insanity that ensues in his home with the girls that pop in and, of course, at Uncommon Things. Now, is it true that Shannon is gone? Is that accurate? Shannon is gone, long overdue. I would argue that that might have happened before and it was recreated just for this moment. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, how it felt to me. Maybe I'm wrong. Don't ask but, me how I know uh, that, but fired. Fired. She got fired. fired. She was fired, and, and appropriately so. Um, was definitely more about Shannon than she was about Uncommon James and being a part of Very Cavalry. So she's unemployed at the moment. I'm waiting for the e spinoff of her show, which I'm sure is in development somewhere. Um, but she needed to go. She was not doing her job. And... Um, yeah, she was she was definitely all about her, which was weird. And her friend who remained, Reagan, is I, I'm not really sure what Reagan does. <laughs> now, does, does Jay sure like Reagan? Reagan knows what she's supposed does, to be doing does, either. Quite frankly, does Jay approve of Reagan? Um, I, I does think Jay so? approve she's of tr- anybody in that show? No, Kristen. no. I mean, truth be told, but well, Kristen's best friend Kelly. Yeah, he really likes like Kelly. her. Um, 
Other than that, I'm not sure. He has his bros that he brings on too, like his good friends that are sometimes make appearances. And they've gone on double dates, but I feel like it's just been with her best friend and her flavor of the month, I guess. I'm not sure. Um, but but there's a couple of characters, but Reagan, Brittany is in charge of all of Uncommon James and seems to be pretty sensible except for her boyfriend. I don't get that combo at all. And um, And then Reagan is kind of like the... She just kind of is there. I don't. I don't really know what she does. And, so, and she just—that's not the point of the show. Yeah, and she just says kind of stupid things every once in a while. Um, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So Jay, though, for those who haven't seen this, is has gone full country boy. Full. full I mean, he on. he wears camo. I, he's got the hair all. He doesn't shave ever. He's now they're running a farm. They literally have a llama now. Yes. He, the, well, well the they whole... borrowed the llama. Now they're getting their own, I would assume. That's right. But what I think is hilarious is that Blooms, their quote-unquote hen, <laughs> is actually a rooster, and they didn't know it. That's really kind of hard for me to wrap my brain around. Like, did they explain did they how one does not know the difference between Thank a hen you. and well, a rooster? Let's be clear. It was Jay who didn't know, no. and Jay right. figured it out. He's from right. Santa they Claus, didn't, Indiana. No, because they kept saying she's laying her eggs somewhere else. Dude, it's a rooster. And and how did he find out? He said that it, she crowed or he crowed. Well, that couldn't have been like did she, did she just arrived today? And I'm like, how did you not know? That's really kind of embarrassing. Well, not kind of. That's very embarrassing. It's. I think it's clear. Jay Cutler is an amateur farmer, but he's yes. he's figuring it out. But is that a thing in Nashville to have just like a big yard and animals? Because. Where did they go to get the llama? They went to um, Luke, Luke Bryant's Luke house. Luke Bryant's house. The country singer. Clearly, they had a farm. Come on. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really weird. I, I have zero desire to own chickens, goats, llamas, zero. But that is Jay's new world. Is he still watching deer on the TV? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he clearly yet. has nothing to do, you guys. Nothing to do. And it doesn't have to, right? I love that he asked Chris. He asked Kristen for an allowance, didn't he? In yeah, this he episode, did. he, he asked did. her if he could have an allowance because she's making so much money. And then she was like, "I didn't get an allowance when you were playing football." And he goes, "No, you got a credit card. You got a credit card." <laughs> I think didn't Jay make over one hundred and twenty-seven million dollars or something crazy like that? Yeah, yes, he did. Something to that effect. Something embarrassing like that. Yeah. Um, but he, he's so highly entertaining just with his sense of humor. And the best part of the entire episode was when he role-played Kristen trying to fire Shannon. Because it was so dead on. It was so dead on. It was hysterical. He was sarcastic. He interrupted her. It was fantastic television. Yeah, he was like messing with her. But then it turned out that that's kind of how the firing that went, went exactly down. exactly how so, it unfolded. Yeah. yeah. It uh, was great. Anyway... Uh, Dion, how about a quick, some quick Bears thoughts from you? What sure. Do you think, what do you make all this Jordan Howard trade talk? Because that's the uh, the big conversation on our podcast today. I don't think it's incredibly surprising just based on the tone that they've taken whenever they talk about Jordan Howard and that they need to get that side of the ball going. I don't think he fit what Matt Nagy wanted to do. I, I, I think that's from go. I, I don't know that that's necessarily his fault. I think that's just kind of how it all developed. Um, not surprising, but I'm anxious to see how it totally unfolds. If they can get something really good for him, I think they do let him go. What did you think of our interactions with Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace at the combine? Other than injuring your other ankle, walking through the <laughs> miles and miles man. that you know make up the Indiana Convention Center. All right. Let's not talk about my injury report. Let's stay focused here. Um, no, I, I, I felt like um, they. I don't know. I don't know if they were real transparent about things. They just kind of, um, we talked so much about kicker. We talked so much about the fact that they don't have a lot of needs. I think that was the most interesting turn of events for me. Like how many combines have we covered where the bears are picking in the first 10 and they have to be watching everybody who's here and what's unfolding. And I was really taken aback by pacing. It was nice and refreshing to look at our roster and feel like, wow, I'm not overwhelmed by everything I'm looking for here. And they can be really focused. And, and that really caught me off guard. I think how comfortable Nagy is in his role, I think was, um, it's just further confirmation that he's in the right place and that they're they're all on the same page as to the direction that they're going. That was kind of all that I made of it. Nothing was really earth shattering, I felt like. Um, but but that's I don't know, that's just kinda of how I took it. 
Yeah, it was just it was a really different vibe in Indianapolis yeah. this year. But I I think it's all a good thing. I mean, that oh, it's so good. It's so good, and, and it gets it should get fans excited about everybody coming back. I I loved that Nagy said that now with the offense they can really start to play ball, and they haven't really done what they now know that they're capable of and and what kind of potential they have because Trubisky knows things better and, and everybody pretty much everybody's coming back. So they have that familiarity and the expectation they can kind of hit the ground running differently than a year ago when they had such a great season. So that is reason to be excited. And, And if the biggest problem is a consistent kicker, which obviously is a big problem, but if that's the main topic of conversation in the off season, I think that can only both, Good things for the team. Where would you go at, at kicker, Dion? Obviously, Robbie Gold is off the table, um, mm-hmm. and, and then they just they just signed what Chris Blewett. What a name! Yeah, poor oh, guy, poor it's guy. So unfortunate. What a, what a name it's for a so kicker. So unfortunate. So, yeah, like, um, how, how do you lean? Would you go young? Would you kind of find a, a veteran? Where where would you lean on, on this conversation? Well, I want to say you need somebody with NFL experience, right? But then. But then as, as Pace said to us, what were his exact words about kicker? He said, sometimes they come out of nowhere. You just don't know. Is that what they're trying to do? They're just trying to find the next best. I don't I don't know if I trust that fully, especially after the year that Cody Parkey had and how much they paid him to essentially not deliver when they needed him to. I, it's hard to tell. And, and I get it. That's a, a unique position because you really are out there on an island. But I feel like you have to have somebody who's been in the pressure situations on the NFL stage. It's just different. It's just different. And understanding the conditions, understanding that, look, I I have to go down to where I'm expected to perform and figure out how to do it well. It's different at Soldier Field. It is always windy, 15 degrees colder. You know, all of those things that you have to take into account affects kicking more than anything else, right? So, so you have to find somebody who understands that and is willing to put in the work to do that. Maybe it is somebody who's brand new and and has that kind of energy. I feel like you need you need some veteran, some experience, some. Like you don't have to have tons of seasons, but some experience kicking in the NFL. I feel like would would bring a little comfort to Bears fans. Can, can, can you just see the headlines right now? If Chris Blewett is the winner and oh. he's and he's kicking in those gusty windy conditions that you're talking about, yeah. the, the headline writers would have a field day. With that poor kid's it, last name. You almost wonder itself. if that pl- has played some role in him not getting an NFL job yet. Oh, it has to. It has like to, he blew, yeah. Like, blew like, it, blew it. <laughs> you, like, you can't human, have a kicker with that name in the human, NFL. Right. Yeah. I don't know, that's tough. Anyway, Dion, thank you so much. Oh my gosh, thank you guys. It's such an honor to join you. You really do fantastic job with this podcast. And it's always a great listen, but I always learn something too, so... It's fantastic. All right. Well, we'll have you on again soon, and not just to talk about Jay Cutler. <laughs> yes, we still have to talk about Pat Finley, okay. Larry Mayer, I'm, I'm... you know, other media room guys. We got a lot to get to. You know, Pat Finley gets mentioned at least once or twice in this. Larry Mayer's or, <laughs> you know, the media room punching bag. Potsy, you know? too. Potsy. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, yeah. Mm. Lots to cover. It could be fun. Lots to, lots to cover, for sure. <laughs> All right, Dion. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dion. Anytime. All right, fun stuff there with Dion Miller. She's the best. She's the best. Finally got her on the podcast. It's good we got we went with her first because if Larry Mayer would have preceded her, bad look. Yeah, but now we're kind of setting ourselves up for, I mean, failure. Can't have Larry follow Dion. <laughs> and you can't. You really can't have Larry follow anything. <laughs> Oh man! Now we got to have him on. Absolutely, he's got to learn to defend himself. Yeah, he's got- great opportunity here talking to you and I. Well, he has to now. Yes, he can. He can shock shock the world yeah. <laughs> with a great appearance. I think. <laughs> well, Larry Bayer and great appearance don't really go along <laughs> in the same sentence. All right. Well, uh, we are a week away from free agency, so our next podcast will be a free agency pod. Yeah. We'll do one next week, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Hell yeah, we are. At Got least some one. money to spend. Maybe two. I mean, we'll react to whatever happens on the 13th. And then, um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen this year if there's a big press conference or not. Of course, they did have that one press conference with um, Mike Glennon, Marcus Wheaton, Deion Sims, and am I forgetting somebody? Quentin Demps. Quentin Demps. Think he of- was on the pod. He was. 
Think about that press conference. <laughs> wow. So I'm like, think about it. Like, like. Oh, uh, no. Uh, yeah, probably shouldn't think about it. The that. best player out of that four was Deion Sims. Yeah. Marcus Wheaton was really nice, though. He was a great guy. To be fair, they were all nice guys. Yeah, they were. They fit the character mold. Yes, yes. But there's, you know, you're just trying to tread water there as your young guys, your young draft picks have to get better. Well, and that was like, I think they knew they were, that, that's still part of the early parts of the rebuild. They are they were all placeholders. Yes. But you got to kind of hype it up to get some excitement going. Yes. Right? People forget so. that, like, the Bears' infatuation with Mitch Trubisky at that point was very strong. Oh, yeah. Very strong. Well, think about the timing. It was already um, after the combine. It, uh, I think it was after his pro day. Can't remember the exact timing of when they went out there in North Carolina. Doesn't matter, though. But it was around the same time. Their interest was peaked. Yeah. The perfect cover. 6'6", six, six, looking like Kevin Fishbane. I don't know about Who would have thought? I still have that photo. <laughs> They're standing next to each other. It's like twins, except one's a lot taller. Yeah. The tall twin and the short twin. Yes, yeah. Almost like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. We should go. Yeah. Uh, fun episode, though. Great to get Dion on the podcast. Appreciate everybody listening. We'll be back next week for Free Agency. And uh, be really interesting. Quick prediction. Jordan Howard, is he a bear the next time we do a podcast? Well, next time we do a podcast? Yeah. Will we be doing an emergency podcast after he gets traded? We'll do an emergency podcast, and he will be a bear next podcast. Oh. Yes. Does that make sense? So No, because then we would not be doing an okay, emergency okay. podcast. Okay, <laughs> but- Unless we're doing a different emergency podcast. Yes, a later emergency podcast. Okay, at some point. They're going to sign somebody, and then it's going to happen. Essentially what you're saying is he'll be a bear next week. He won't be a bear when the season starts. Yes. All right, fair enough. Um, Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Read us, WGNRadio.com slash Bears, ChicagoSunTimes.com. We'll have all the coverage up there no matter what happens. Whoever they sign... I'm going Tevin Coleman. I like that. I'm not saying the Bears are going to do it. That's just who I think they should. I think Coleman and Yellow would be good fits. There you have it. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Should be very, very interesting times at Howell's Hall. Hello, everyone. This is Al Riveron 